there and welcome to episode 19 season three of rainbow bridge connection and i'm kayla and it's been a while guys that we've had a guest so i'm gonna say the same thing i say every time we have a guest i have an amazing guest on the podcast for you today and you've already heard from her before she was in season one you guys heard from her in season one see i didn't lie when i said to all the guests that they were going to come back and we're going to do another episode a couple of years later because we have Brynn on the show. Hi, Brynn. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm well. How about yourself? You know, <laughs> doing <laughs> going, going. living life. Yeah. Yep, totally. Um, So you guys remember Brynn. Um, I want to say you were episode... I should have looked it up. Sorry, my dogs are trying to bite each other. You can probably hear them running around. Of course, right when we start recording. Me and Brynn have been talking to each other for like an hour. And they were fine the whole time. Just laying down, living their life. And now they're running around biting each other. Um, I guess. It's always the problem starter Yoshi. Um, (laughs) Pajama girl. So um, I think you were like episode six of season one. Where you talked about Karma Sue. So you want to refresh our memories on um, what you started, why you started it, how's it going? Tell me all the details. Happy to, and thank you for having me on again. It was a blast the first time, so I'm sure it'll be just as good this time. Thank you. Um, Karma Sue started in 2016. That's when we received our 501c3, (gasps) and it is named after my dogs, Karma and Sutra, no pun intended. And our biggest fundraiser was named after my guinea pig, Boogie, um, all of which had cancer or are likely cancer. Um, Sue had hemangiosarcoma and Karma likely had cancer, but we were uh, treating other ailments um, as she was when she passed. So we did not do the testing for her. And then Boogie likely had lung cancer. Mm. So I've had experience with it um, more than we all should, right? One time's too many, but mm-hmm. I learned a lot through those experiences and had a wonderful support system, both professionally and personally, and wanted to share that with other people. I also noticed that there is a gap where it comes to not only financial support, but education and counseling or just that emotional support. And so I uh, received my master's in nonprofit management at Regis. I did my thesis on this idea and learned a whole lot from the community of what's needed and um, created the nonprofit from there. And we are still very small, but we are growing, I think, exponentially in our our, um, eyes. We've helped a lot more people. We've received, um, to date this year, 42 inquiries just on the financial support program and have helped, um, I think, over a dozen of those with our small budget and continue to do education and counseling workshops and work with individuals um, on their needs to help them navigate the companion animal cancer diagnosis. That's amazing. Yeah, because, you know, there's different facets when it comes to losing your companion animal. So me and her were actually talking about this off off recording and we were talking about you know you've got all these different facets of of losing a companion animal you have you know you lose a companion animal fast you lose a companion animal where they're sick for a long period of time it can be cancer it can be you know an accident whatever so we all kind of have that leak but I feel like cancer for a companion animal it's just there's that extra piece that extra like for lack of a better word, shittiness, <laughs> where you have to deal with a lot of other things that encompasses the companion animal not being around anymore, all that. And so we were talking about like what, what you know, it, it all of it is shitty, yeah. but there's also that, you know, there's times when the companion animal has cancer and they go fast and you have that, well, my issue was always like, I felt like I didn't have enough time to say goodbye. But then when you put it in perspective of like, 
the situation I'm in now where I've had time to process and I've had time to, you know, see it. It's like what they're both shitty, but like what? (laughs) Absolutely. There's no wind in those situations. Uh -uh. No. It's like um, when we found Sue's cancer, she was bleeding out from the tumor attached to her spleen. Mm. And I am very watchful with my pets and it there was snow on the ground and I saw blood in her urine mm-hmm. when I took her. I didn't realize I wouldn't be able to take her home mm-hmm. when I had to take her to the vet. It was, of course, nighttime emergency room situation. Of course. Like, you know, ways is that you don't want to happen, but does happen often. Um, And I had to say goodbye to her there, but we were still able to get her family in the room, Um, brought her blanket with her, and so it made it as comfortable as we could have in that experience. Um, it's just, like you said, shitty on, on either point. Um, mm-hmm. When you have a little bit more time, you're able to... Sorry, puppy shaking. Um, <laughs> you have more time to have experiences and memories and, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. But what I like to say now is, you know, a lot of people do the bucket list, which I... I appreciate so much. I think that's wonderful bonding. I also think you can start that bucket list when you adopt your pet. Yeah. And and there is no end in sight, right? You want to go to the beach, you go to the beach. You don't wait for something traumatic to occur before Mm -hmm. you do these things that you want to do with your pet. Mm -hmm. You just put them more front of mind. Again, this isn't like incorporating budget and time. Right. (laughs) I'm just talking in an ideal world. It, it's that it's like, let's go live right now mm-hmm. and do these things right now. Right. And um, personal experience is I don't wait until she's sick. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy the good days. It, you know, when they do the paw prints or um, the ink or painting or things like that, we do those on any day mm-hmm. so that I don't connect that with a sad day. Um, mm-hmm. when I see those images, I think of she was being goofy that day and it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't always work like that. Of course, like the ER visits, but mm-hmm. when you can make it work that way, it's great. Right. Yeah. Well, and it also, I think the ones like you were talking about the emergent ones, it kind of gives you a different perspective because then you could go, okay, I have all these regrets. I need to, I need to do it differently next time. And like you said, doing, doing the stuff, like we incorporated surf and turf Sundays for our dogs when oh, Apollo God. got sick. <laughs> and so that. every Sunday they get a sardine and for breakfast in their food. And then love- at night they get a steak in their food. I love that. And, you know, I thought about it and I'm like, you know, my other two dogs are probably like, yeah, <laughs> but if you would have been sick earlier, we could have had this for a lot longer. And I realized like, I'm not going to stop it. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to keep going because yeah, you're right. Like, let's live it up. Let's, yeah. let's live in the moment all the time with what, you know, the time we have um, so that we don't feel that. I always say, I feel like the worst part of grief is regret. Oh my gosh. And I feel like you'll get it no matter what you do. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, totally. um, that one's interesting because, and again, kind of like we were talking offline, it was more like the what ifs you play in your, in your head. Yep. They're very dangerous. Um, either which way you go what if I did this what if I did that what if I do this what if I do that there's never a right answer there's never um, a one-size-fits-all treatment or Mm -hmm. way to grieve or anything like that I think um, giving yourself a little bit of grace is really helpful in um, particularly when having a pet with cancer you have to give yourself grace because they're going to have bad days. You're not always going to be able to um, give them their medication exactly on Mm -hmm. time every day. You may have a meeting or, um, you know, things like that. It's like, you have to show yourself just a little bit of Mm -hmm. grace. Yep. And that resonates with me so much because, you know, we, we uh, moved 
<clears throat> like uh, two months after we found out Apollo was sick. And I put him on this really strict regimen where, you know, he has a medication. Well, I should say um, holistic vitamin that he takes and he can't eat or drink anything for an hour. And so we do that first in the morning and then I feed them an hour after that. And then, you know, he has another medication that's a detox that I have to feed him or give it to him at three because he can't have any food or water for three hours before. I'm on that that bus right now. I'm on that bus. It is such a time track. I don't know about you, but I have a few like tips and tricks on how to keep yourself sane and organized yeah when you're going through this yeah I swear I need to create an app a friend of mine and I have thought about it just to keep everything organized but I have to write it all down mm-hmm. the time of day that it happened because especially the ones that they get every other day mm-hmm. or once a week you're like did that happen you could just give it to them and then say, did that happen? Mm-hmm. But then take the guesswork out of everything. Because once you do that, it's easier on yourself. You don't have to depend so much on your chaotic brain. And you can um, like verify mm-hmm. when things occur. So when you go back to the vet and they ask, what are they on? You're like, I got that right here. This is what I can yep. do. Yeah. No, that's really, really great. That's a really good a really good tip. Um, but also too, the thing that always I tell myself to get myself through it is, sorry, we had to stop for a second. She was concerned because, um, someone came home and I was like, your dog is the quietest dog ever. Like (laughs) mine literally would bark like crazy the minute anybody, like a fly farts outside and they start barking. So, your dog is amazing because she was so quiet about it. We we didn't even probably have to stop recording because she was. Oh, so well, thank you. I we always think it's disturbing, so we like <laughs> to prepare in advance. Oh man, if you were in my house, <laughs> in my house, like I said, something barely will go on outside, and they'll all start go- losing their mind. The last episode that we recorded or that I recorded, it was a, ha- a Halloween episode, and I had to go put them in a room in our bedroom because if there's going to be trick-or-treaters I didn't want to have to like mess around with that and literally the whole episode I'm trying to record you can hear Apollo like losing it in my room like like losing his mind so oh that's funny (laughs) yeah yeah. she doesn't do too much with the noise but she's very um mobile at this point and we have to just be careful she has a, a spinal issue yeah yeah I know how that is well not the spinal issue but being careful Kaya with her leg yeah man that girl yeah I'd be like don't jump don't jump don't jump my my sister would make fun of me sometimes (laughs) my sister would always make fun of me she's like you're a helicopter mom because I'd be like Kaya careful 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 yeah I I accept that title (laughs) right so we were talking about um like having things in order and you were talking about, you know, make sure you write everything down and stuff. What I, I was going to say, what I always try to tell myself, because it can get overwhelming, like trying to remember every medication at the certain times. And like, you're, you were hundred percent right that like, did I give it to him? Did I forget, you know, type of thing. What I was trying to remember or remind myself is there's going to be a day where you're going to miss doing this. So just do it. Yep. Isn't that the truth? And don't be upset with yourself for missing that. Yes. I was also thinking about it the other day. Um, we were at the vet. I usually have questions. I come prepared mm-hmm. um, as best I can. What happened during the week that we were out or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I had no questions. I didn't want to ask any questions that time. And I am an education geek. I love learning. I love to be informed. And I think it's important, but we go so frequently that I know we'll go again. In a couple yes. of weeks. And it's okay to give your brain a break from wanting to know everything at that point. They will give you the pertinent information. If something is wrong at that point, they'll tell you. Otherwise, it's okay to not ask a question one visit. That's so true because you have to give yourself a break. You can't be 24 seven. I was living in that mode where I was 24 seven looking things up, 
Cause I'm like you, I am, I need, I need information. You need to give me all the information. And typically I want all the information from the vet. And then I'm going to go home and I'm going to Google all the information the vet gave me. And then I'm going to join support groups that have everybody that's been through it before. Right. And then I'm going to Google those support groups. And then I'm going to, you know, like, there's your tunnel. Yeah, totally. Or what is it? Rabbit hole. There's your yeah. rabbit hole. Yep. 100%. And I'm like you, I always show up with a list. I had a list what, mm-hmm. you know, and the poor vet was looking at me like I was cuckoo. Cause I was like, okay, what should I feed him? And she's like his food. And I'm like, okay, but is there better food? Is yeah. there better this? Is there better that? And I learned through going through two situations, they just tell you basically no. <laughs> like, yeah. Just and if Here's you're looking for other information, you can find it. Well, for better or worse, right? Like you always have to be mindful of what you're looking at and make sure that it is, you know, peer reviewed type of articles and mm-hmm. things like that that are um, informative, but also um, um, researched. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there isn't a straightforward answer. Like we were talking before, there isn't a one size fits all for everyone. My dog also has severe allergies. So something that might work for yours may not work for mine and whatever ailments they're going through throughout the time and <laughs> what time of day they can eat those kinds of things are mm-hmm. they're all playing a part in that and I think research is very good I also think there's a point that you you scare yourself yes and I think having those checks either you do it or someone that's close to you says all right we're going to turn this off now because the best pair I don't know if it's the best but some pet parents like me won't know how to turn it off sometimes. Yes. And to have that check and say, you know what, I'm going too far. I need to reel it back a bit and focus more on your connection and make that your focal point for the next hour or so. Um, Because then it turns into something like everything you are doing is incorrect. And that's no such thing. You're doing the best you can. You Mm -hmm. are your pet's advocate and they appreciate you for it so yes. it, it, it again it's that what if game but what if I learned more what if I knew this then mm-hmm. it's not being kind to yourself if you do that all the time no well and you can't know everything even if you know even if you exhaust yourself which is what I've done you know you mm-hmm. exhaust yourself in knowledge it's not going to change the inevitable. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you don't want to hear that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear that no matter how much education I do or how much I try that the inevitable is still going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to deal with that, but it's, it's also like, it's, it's a part of your story. I think it's difficult to that. Like, cancer is cancer and mm-hmm. it may be in remission but it isn't quote-unquote cured majority mm-hmm. of the time mm-hmm. um and that's hard to live with as well because you're like we're on a trajectory this is great and it is great and it's like sometimes reality just hits you yes <laughs> in opportune mm-hmm. times like when you're trying to have fun yeah <laughs> you're enjoying your connection and it's like oh crap I wish we could turn that off, mm-hmm. but I think it's a lot like um, in Buddhism where you're you're acknowledging that thought, mm-hmm. you let it come and go, and say that's fine. I'm gonna let that come and go. Right. You need to process more. That's also fine, and there are ways to work around that and give yourself time and space to do that as well. It's just like when it's all consuming, it it's all consuming. It mm-hmm. takes over your whole life. And it, if there's no pockets of joy, <laughs> it makes for a hard existence. Mm-hmm. Well, and you'll do the same thing that I do where you then have regret about not living in the moment <laughs> more, mm-hmm. you know, you'll right. have that regret. Like you'll look back and you'll go, God, I wasted how much time well and I don't know if we were reporting about the bucket list or not we 
into the chat. <laughs> but um, the, yeah, the bucket list situation like doesn't have to be end of life bucket list. When you adopt them, you do that. Like yeah. start it then. Isn't that why you adopted a pet, right? Like mm-hmm. to have fun and live life and enjoy things. And um, you didn't get them to clean your house. I know that's true. <laughs> You know, that's true. As I sit on a dog bed while we're recording. <laughs> it's true. But it, it's it's the joyful part of life to have a companion animal and mm-hmm. um, living in that no matter what is so nice because then you do have those memories. Even during anticipatory grief, you think of like, wow, we really had some good times together. And I again, if you listen to the last podcast that I was on I believe that I said I am not the go take a bath to relax mm-hmm. type person I am not that person um you'll never hear me say that if you want to do that that's fine but for people that have pets with cancer that's not always right in the cards. Mm-hmm. it's um you know bringing over your favorite blanket and putting it on you while you're administering pills or you know yes. making sure they're okay those kinds of things but I think those moments are so helpful when you're going through any type of grief Mm -hmm. and they will bring you a lot of comfort um, because unfortunately you're looking back, but it brings you a lot of comfort knowing that you live, you live Mm -hmm. with your pet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We did a whole episode on live with intention Mm. and I have like made it my like motto for the last like couple months where it's like, I need to live every day with intention so that I don't have these thoughts of wasting time and wasting valuable, you know, minutes with, with them. And that doesn't, that doesn't just include Apollo who's sick. That includes all of them because I, I get consumed I sit there Mm -hmm. and I get consumed and then I, I'm like, oh gosh, like, what am I doing? You know? And so I always say live with intention because if you live with intention, then, then, you know, you're like doing the right thing, you know? Absolutely. And I want to validate what you just said, because I think that we're very hard on ourselves as pet parents, especially if you have a pet that is ill with anything Mm -hmm. or hurt. Um, And whatever you're doing isn't wrong you know uh, you're never I don't think wasting time and you know why because you're doing that research to help your pet Mm -hmm. right so like I I see both sides of things likely because I'm a Libra and it's annoying but I see both (laughs) sides of that where it's like I should be spending time with them I should Mm -hmm. be doing this but how much do I want to bet that you had Apollo by you and you were doing that research Mm a hundred percent yep so we have to also be very kind to ourselves during this time because we're already beaten up about why did this happen? Mm-hmm. And if you live in that world, it's like, it'll give it to you, you know? Oh yeah. Why this happened. Mm-hmm. Yep. A hundred percent. Especially, and you know this, when you have multiple cancer diagnoses with different animals, because mm-hmm. you sit in that space and you're like, what, what did I do? What, what am I not doing? What am I, oops, I just had my microphone. Sorry guys. That was probably loud. Um, what am I doing or what am I not doing? That's causing these things. Ugh. But I mean, it's just, it's just shitty. And it's painful in the statistics prove, right? right. Like it's more likely than not that it will happen, especially if you have a senior pet, mm-hmm. but that doesn't, that doesn't stop us from thinking it's us that's causing oh. this or doing something. Um, you could do everything right and it could still happen. And mm-hmm. that's okay. Mm-hmm. I, again, it's like uh, re- living or leading with intention and mm-hmm. giving yourself some grace. And it is very hard to do. Mm-hmm. But I think that's kind of what gets you through everything. Yep. 100%. I saw this article I was going to post it on the page. Maybe I still will. I follow the Mars Foundation because they're doing trials right now on osteosarcoma and hemangiosarcoma. 
And so I was like, oh, I, I want to, you know, follow and see what they did. And they did this study. It was a, a golden retriever study because we know the golden retrievers are, you know, their, their cancer rate is like freaking ridiculous. Yeah. And the study gave me a little bit of peace because it said in the study that, yeah, there's environmental stuff that causes canine cancer or, you know, companion animal cancer, but they were saying that it's, and, and, you know, this isn't going to make things a hundred percent better and make you feel better that your companion animal has it. But it said that a lot of it's genetics. And when you look at it in a perspective of literally from minute one, you had no, no hand in it <laughs> that you didn't have an option. It makes you feel just a little bit better in, in terms of like, well, I didn't cause this. Oh my gosh. This just happens, can. you know, what a, what a rough game to play with yourself. Mm-hmm. Like that's intense and it's tough and unnecessary because again you adopted a pet to enrich your life mm-hmm. and hopefully to enrich theirs you didn't they're not a piece of furniture you right know, they're a part of your family and so I wholeheartedly believe like everybody that's listening to this or um even just has a pet or it I don't know that enjoys their companion animal um connection we'll have this kind of guilt or we'll have these feelings of what did I do wrong? It's so normal, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And even if you read those statistics, sometimes you're like, okay, but what did I do though? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) With their genetics, what did I not help with their genetics? And, and, but even walking outside, we live in an apartment. We have to walk on how many people's lawns. Yes. We go for a walk. Right. And it's like, I can't control Yes. Well, I guess I can control where she walks, but you know. Oh, totally. <laughs> I did the same thing. Because when, when they diagnosed Apollo with the with bladder cancer, you look up bladder cancer and it's like, you know, majority of dogs are Scotties that get it and, and they can't really find a reason. But the, they did find a link between the Scotties that got at a younger age or even dogs that were like different breeds getting TCC. It was because of like um pesticides in the lawns Mm. and we don't use pesticides but of course my brain goes but the neighbors probably use pesticides and then when it rained it would go and it would go into our yard and then they would walk through (laughs) you know like my head was just spinning and it was just like any little thing it could pick on there goes to do it's so Mm -hmm. easy to do and it's like it's everywhere there's bad things everywhere you know Mm -hmm. you cannot protect anyone including yourself a hundred percent of the time yeah and sometimes you don't well I mean honestly a lot of times you don't know what's causing the cancer no there you will not know the root cause and that why that's unanswered can eat at you um I'm not gonna say let it go because who can do that I can do that but just kind of letting that thought pass through you right is really important um that's not a mystery that you need to solve the only thing you need to focus on is your connection with your pet right that's going to guide you through that's what they're focused on and a couple of oncologists told me I just thought this was really smart was that your goal is for them to not know that they're sick oh that's lovely lovely right because you're sitting here with all of your worries and they feel that, of course, we could talk about energy all day, but um, they're playing with their favorite toy. They're doing zoomies, like mm-hmm. all the things that they love to do, they're doing. They don't know they're sick. Uh, and, you know, I'm talking like not end of life. I'm talking mm-hmm. when, you, when you're living with cancer. That's the goal. And then the point when they know that they're sick, you know, they can have off days, but the when they're having more bad days than good days, that's when you reassess and reevaluate, right? That's where all of the quality of life um, scales come in and those kinds of things that to help you guide them. And I would also like to make the point of, sorry, this is kind of going all over because I'm tired, but you're fine. Um, with the, the quality of life scales, um, a great facilitator of one of our education workshops explained that it's not always food it's not that they just stop eating 
some pets just don't eat as much as other pets mm -hmm. and nutrition is important don't get me wrong but i'm saying that that isn't the only indicator are they not doing things that they they enjoy so much you know there's different indicators for that and i think again it's not a one one size fits all mm -hmm. none of this is and it's so important because i think a lot of people feel very alone going through this and that's so valid because the your your connection with your pet and your experience with cancer may be different than mine or Kayla yours or anyone else's or they'll be similar which is always a nice day right mm -hmm. but you have to have confidence in knowing that you're doing all you can mm -hmm. and you you're I don't know. I keep going back to showing yourself some grace because I see people so much just like beat themselves down. And I'm like, you wouldn't do anything to harm your pet. Mm -hmm. What you are feeling is so valid. Like live in that, sit in that. And then also look at your pet and realize that you've gotten your pet to this point. They're here because of you, you know? Yeah. Like, And I bet you anything, they're loving the heck out of their life with you. And to even think about that for just a minute kind of helps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it puts it in perspective because yeah. you can get wrapped around all the negative and the horrible and what you didn't do, but you really got to focus on what you did do. Yeah, because it, it's again with that game, it's so hard to play with yourself because, and again, I'm, I'm a pretty like logical person. So I mm -hmm. see that there's cancer I see it for what it is mm -hmm. but we talked before that we have to have some type of light no matter what it is because this does it's not always pretty <laughs> mm -mm. and I think our brains play tricks on us sometimes um things that are not true your pet's not feeling well and maybe they really are like really looking at yourself and saying am I projecting this on my pet or Yes. Or are they really not feeling well? There's so many components. And again, sorry, I go all off the board, but it's all interconnected to you, mm -hmm. right? Um, the things that your your brain tell you aren't always, yeah. always true. Yeah. Yeah, we had Lap of Love on here. I think it was season one. And it was one of the veterinarians. And on Lap of Love's website, they have like a checklist mm -hmm. that they posted for um, end of life, like, if you're ever questioning if it's time, it's a checklist, but she did say, you know, your companion animal might have meet, might meet one, you know, and you might feel like it's ready or, you know, whatever. And it's a horrible decision you have to make. But the vet told me, cause I of course said, even though, <laughs> even though like, I know this information, I asked her like, when will I know it's time for him? Like, when will I know that I need to do it? And she said, well, I'm going to be honest with you from this point forward is, is the time is time mm -hmm. because he's terminal. Yeah. And so if you decide to do it today, it's the right time. Mm -hmm. If you decide to wait six months, it's the right time. Mm -hmm. And the only person that's going to know that is you because you know them. Mm -hmm. And you know what's best for them. And if you're listening to this podcast, you would never make a, a bad, purposeful, bad decision for your companion animal. Yeah. And even if you feel like I did it too soon or I did it too late, you didn't. Nope. You didn't. I, I am so glad you said that because we have a lot of families that come to us with that struggle mm -hmm. and they want um well one they want someone to make the decision for them yes like, is it time yes or no and yes. I, I'm not that person to tell you right. you are just for the reasons that you said but I will support you in the decision that you make mm -hmm. because I trust you for everything for whatever you're deciding for your pet you know of course like consult the professionals they're professionals for a reason and then make that vet care team consult with your friends or family mm -hmm. that have a, another perspective 
um, sometimes you're a little too close to it. Mm-hmm. And so having one step removed is helpful. They'll be like, well, I saw them do this the other day and you may have missed that. Mm-hmm. Um, we in our house kind of have a scale of like my pup right now has a, a spinal um, injury. And I ask my partner all the time, what would you rate today? What did it look like to you? Did you see progress? And I see if our numbers match and why. And we go from there. And if we don't match, we meet in the middle. Mm-hmm. Those things are really important, I think, because sometimes you you don't always see it the way it is. Mm-hmm. Again, your brain plays tricks on you. Yes. Um, those things are really important. And then also with the end of life stuff, like we were saying, it never looks like how you want it to look. Mm-mm. It's sometimes or a lot of times middle of the night on the weekend with the yeah. that you don't know. Mm-hmm. And that's also okay. Yeah. And I am an advocate for doing a lot of pre-work, um, mm-hmm. preparing for things that may never happen. Um, and that way it takes the guesswork out of what you need to do in an emergency situation or something that could be quite traumatic if your pet's seizing or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and you have those numbers if you want in-home euthanasia like Mm -hmm. lap of love there's some other ones um one last gift is amazing there's a lot of great ones having that number ready and prepared before you need it Mm -hmm. it's helpful especially with vets being scheduled out pretty far in advance now you can also cancel those appointments you may have to pay a little bit if it's too late but you can cancel if you're not ready those right. things are really important to remember and that there's just different resources for you. There's end of life doulas, you know, there's yeah. Reiki, there's all kinds of things that you can um, include in your end of life planning. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, just being mindful that that could all go to crap. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Wake up in the hospital. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. And isn't that like a huge part of anticipatory grief too, is like the unknown, right? So I hate like me, my anticipatory grief. And we talked about this before was centered around time. It's always like, you know, is, is, is he going to be around at Thanksgiving? Is he going to be around at Christmas? Is this going to be the last Thanksgiving? Is this going to be the last Christmas? Is he going to be there in June, January? Is it going to be around in February? You know, and you, you think about that kind of stuff, but also it goes hand in hand with, it, what's going to happen? What's, what is going to happen in the situation? Is he gonna, like you said, seize, is he going to, you know, one day I'm going to wake up and he's not going to be able to go to the bathroom anymore. And I have to make the decision and all that stuff. But also I had to really think hard about what was best for us because as much as I want, and, and I've had a hard time coming grips with this because to me, this is slightly selfish, I had to come to grips with when I got his diagnosis, my first instinct was to look into doing an in-home euthanasia and, you know, getting the information ready and maybe even coming up to have them come out to assess him and give me a little information or whatever. And then it, it, through thinking about it really hard, um, as much as I want him to be comfortable as much as I want him to not be scared, as much as I want it to be a safe space for him to transition, I needed to look at it in perspective of what what my life was going to be like after. And the thought of him passing away in my living room or in my bedroom, and then every time I go into that space, Mm -hmm. I'm going to remember that. Yeah. I decided it wasn't for me. And I, and it's crazy because I was so, I'm like so pro, you know, do whatever's best fit. I think in-home euthanasia is great. And I'm not saying if it, if it fits for you and it works for you and you can disconnect that, I wish I could be like that, but I can't. I am very much like, there's only been one place I've ever been to euthanize my animals. And it was the specific room and it's the same vet, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. And I never want to go in there again. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm gonna have to because I have three more animals but at least I have that separation Absolutely. where I don't have to look over and visualize uh-huh. that well I have to I have to um soundboard you for a moment because you 
called yourself selfish in that regard. And I don't see that as being selfish. I see that as being very mindful and intentional of how the experience will be for both of you. Because if you're uncomfortable in that situation, he'll be uncomfortable in that situation, Mm -hmm. whether you're home or at the hospital. Again, energy, we talk about it all day, right? But he'll feel that. So good for you for thinking ahead and making those decisions. It everyone always thinks like I I want them to fall asleep. Yes. Oh my gosh, me too. Mm-hmm. Me too. I know a few that that happened to my guinea pig fell asleep in his castle and passed away in in the night. And I was just as devastated as if I had to take him to the vet. You know, yeah. The and so, whew, that was intense too. But um good for you for thinking ahead and knowing that about yourself and it's hard because we don't always think about that we don't want to think about that right we don't want to think about that moment or what it looks like but it's so positive that you have a plan you know what you want to do Mm -hmm. and to also know that it doesn't always work that way either Mm -hmm. but I think um, it's very smart of you to think about the after Mm-hmm. because you're still going to be here and yeah. your other babies are still going to be here. How are you going to honor that space? How are you going to honor your connection and how, how will you continue forward? Mm-hmm. Not without him. I personally think he'll still be around in some capacity energy wise, but um, how will you navigate those next steps? And those are just as important as the na- the steps you're working through right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to repeat. Mm-hmm. I've learned, well, and you guys have seen, I've grown a lot since the start of this podcast. I've grown a lot in, you know, knowing a little bit more about myself and knowing what I'm okay with and what I'm not okay with. And I don't ever want it to feel like it did the first time. It's going to hurt and it's going to be horrible, but I never want it to be like that first time because you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. But now that I know, I know I don't want it like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know I what I mean? feel that very, very, very hard. <laughs> so I'm trying my best to not fall in that same space, that same hole that I, you know, was in before. Um, so that I'm not just constantly reliving. And to your point on it's not gonna look how you want it to look, you know, I've had a couple people close to me that have had um, situations where they've had it planned out and they had something go wrong during the euthanasia. And that is also something that can happen. But what I do want to say is, and I've, I've said this millions of millions of times, but I, I have to remind myself it, you're their advocate. And sorry, I'm going to say this, I, you know, you know, you guys know, I have a potty mouth, but who gives a fuck about other people's comfortability. So mm-hmm. if your vet is making you feel like you're being rushed or the mm-hmm. vet tech, or maybe there's a lot of people out in the waiting area, whatever it is, who cares? Mm-hmm. Do not ever make somebody feel like, make you feel like you need to rush that moment or that you this need to rush time. the time. You know, this is, this is your, your time with them. And you don't want to look back and be like, well, I should have done X, Y, Z because of somebody else's comfortability, because I have done that. I can't even tell you how many times. Mm. Well, and that includes family members. Yep. You know, sometimes they don't understand and that's okay. It's Mm -hmm. not theirs to understand. This is for you. This is your space. This is your time. I'm so glad you said that because I'm usually on the opposite end. Well, only personally, when I take Nala to her primary vet, they light a candle um, on the on the reception desk mm-hmm. if someone is losing their pet if oh. someone's pet is transitioning so they just say you know if you could just be a little quieter and be mindful that it might take a little bit longer especially if it's an emergency situation mm-hmm. we're so happy to do that and you know why because I get to leave with my pet yeah and someone is someone isn't going to yeah like have that in your mind right and then like you're saying show that same respect to yourself when you're doing that Mm -hmm. because a lot of people get it and they're like 
I get to go home. I don't care if I have to stay an extra hour. I know it's an inconvenience. Right. But I get to go home with my pet. Right. Yeah. Well, it's that people pleasing. We've talked about it before. It's that people pleasing behavior that we never want to put anybody out. And I feel like a lot of you guys are like me. That's why you listen to the podcast. But (laughs) you have that people pleasing behavior where you don't want to put anybody out and you don't, and to your point earlier, you may not know the vet. It might be in the middle of the night and it's an emergency vet that you've never met before, or it might be, you know, that text that you're not comfortable with or a whole new vet office you've never even visited. Don't ever feel like you are putting anybody by out by taking your time. I mean, this is the last moment you're going to have with them. And then if you didn't and you feel like you rushed it or you feel like you didn't, you know, have the time that you you would have liked or that you feel like you maybe, you know, got rushed or whatever, know that like we can only do what we can do for past situations, but for the future, like just always know that it's about you and your companion's comfortability. It's a, it's not about anybody else. Mm-hmm. And it ne- okay, so now you got to hear how quiet it was <laughs> when she had somebody come home, and then you guys get to hear my crazy. I was explaining to her how absolutely bananas it is in my house when somebody comes home, and then my husband came home from work, and then you heard like the very beginning, and that was about what fifteen minutes of just nonstop <laughs> crazy barking. So anyway. <laughs> sorry we have to keep stopping normally I I will like blend the episodes better where you don't hear all this like stopping and starting um but I decided you know what no I'm not gonna blend it you guys are gonna you you know we've we've had our little talks and you guys know that you can hear my dogs in the back a lot so it happens this is life this is real life well and you guys know you've had companion animals so you know what it's (laughs) like even if you have a cat they can be noisy sometimes so (laughs) But yeah, so no, I think it's everything you said is so spot on. Do you want to bring up you guys? I know I remember you talking about this last time. Do you want to bring up your toolkit that you have on Uh, your website? Sure. Our self-care, we call it a self-care toolkit just because we don't have another name yet. Um, I like self-care. Not everyone likes the self-care so Mm. um but we have a lot of different things in there for navigating companion animal cancer but also just life in general if Mm -hmm. you're ever interested in taking a peek in there um we do have some great resources from um community partners such as the rolodex it's called a rolodex and you would put people's names in there that um, you can easily pick up for anything say you need to go to the store and you need someone to watch your pet, who do you trust to do that? Sometimes we don't trust everyone with our pets, right? right. They don't know about the 3 p.m. pill. It's 3 right. <laughs> pill. So who could administer that pill, those kinds of things, who can walk them down the stairs if they're immobile, um, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's really helpful to have before you need it. And then there's um, the love list that I really enjoy. Again, these are not made by us. They're made by community partners that are super smart and we um took their ideas and ran after they said it was okay to do so (laughs) (laughs) and that one is pretty neat because again in line with the um bath situation not everyone can just take a bath in the middle of the day if they have a sick pet and um or even afterwards uh busy busy time for everyone so that would be something like Something can cost $0, something can cost $100. You put that on your list, you put it on a fridge or wherever you frequent daily, and you pick something from that list. It doesn't have to be every day, but do a little something for yourself. Have your favorite tea, again, get your blanket, watch your favorite show, Mm -hmm. anything like that. Just takes the guesswork out of everything. You can look at that list and say, I would like to do that right now. I have a few minutes. There's also things like... um, how to journal your Mm -hmm. feelings, freeform writing, um, guided writing, all of that. That was a great uh, workshop that we have done before. Uh, We have some meditations in there. Um, There's a lot of, a lot of different things because not everything speaks to everyone. Right. And so you 
pick and choose what you would like to um, dabble in in that point in your journey Mm -hmm. and whatever speaks to you um, I feel like is your best guide in in self-care right it's not what a list tells you to do it's what you feel like you want to do mm-hmm. so we have a few of those things in there and we're working on more um and even like animal communication um sessions we have those reiki for pets all of those things if you have a pet with cancer and you're interested in those kinds of things please let us know because we might be able to help with that mm-hmm. or at least give you resources for those that's amazing i love that yeah, because, you know, you're, you're, the information that you guys provide, like you said, you know, you help um, some families with maybe cost, but it's not just about that. Like you guys have resources that encompasses so many different things. Like you said, education. I think education's huge. Um, it can be hard, you know, finding legit information. It can be hard navigating. It can be hard knowing where to turn or what to trust or whatever. So I think it's really cool that you're not only, you know, offering help in maybe just a financial capacity, you're offering free, you know, free information on your, you know, website and everything like that. And like you said, you, you know, reach out to you and, and, you know, the, you know, if you have, you know, questions about something, I just said, you know, 5 million times, I think we're both very tired. I know, right? <laughs> but we're making it the best as possible. And I think the content is really informative and helpful right. because if you look at our programs, so again, it's not just dogs and cats that we help. It's companion animals. Anyone mm-hmm. that can be held domestically is who we, we will help. Um, our financial support program is not only for chemo or radiation or oncology, holistic approaches. If you want to go that route, mm. we've helped a pet that um unfortunately their tumor was inoperable um on their leg so she wasn't very mobile but she could be if she had a brace Mm -hmm. and we worked with a place i think they're out of kansas city i can't quite recall Mm -hmm. but um we worked with them to create a brace for her Mm. and we paid for that so that she could do her walks with her mom again so there's things like that we think outside the box again there's no one size fits all for anybody right so we're offering that we also offer end of life assistance such as the end of life doula or um in home or at the clinic euthanasia so that it minimizes the trauma that um a family endures while going through all of this we take that money aspect out so you can focus on being um, present with your companion animal during that last time. Right. And I think that's called our, called our Harley Gray project. Okay. So um, we have those two pieces and you're right. Education is so important. And when I did my research for my thesis, that was the number one thing people asked for. They said, I'll figure out how to pay for it. I need to know what it is. Yeah. It, so it's education and then the counseling, the, the um, emotional support that goes with it they wanted that second and then believe it or not the third one is financial and it's just unfortunate that that costs the most right so that that's the main bulk of our budget but right. the education and counseling are needed most and right if you can't find what you're seeking um education wise let us know because we'll search for you like mm-hmm. or with you it's a team effort right And that way, you know that you're going down the right path. You're not just looking something up because you will find what you're looking for for better or worse. You'll find what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. So it's have a buddy and really dig in together and see what you can figure out. Find trusted professionals. We've got great ones in Colorado. We're lucky to have Morris Animal Foundation, great oncologist, CSU. I mean, we're lucky here. And so take advantage of those resources and ask the questions you want to ask. Right. Nothing is stupid. Who knows things about cancer? Right. None of us do until we're there. Right. It's okay to to ask questions. Yeah. No, I agree. And you were saying the Harley Gray Project. That's interesting that you said that because uh, uh, six episodes ago, I was talking to somebody that she's Canadian and she lives in Canada and she 
works with the marginalized community um, as a social worker. And she's trying to really get um, more resources and things for the marginalized community in terms of the companion animals, because they're oftentimes their only family. They're their mm-hmm. only, you know, source of companionship. Mm-hmm. And um, I was telling her that I would love to one day start a nonprofit where it's specifically paying for the youth and you know euthanization and the cremation mm-hmm. of homeless our marginalized community population mm-hmm. because it's expensive as hell to get them cremated in general and then on top of it you have to worry about the cost of the euthanasia and then if you want just your animal is going to be double the price yep. because they do the group cremations for a lot of animals. Yep. And, you know, we spent about, um, I think just for the cremation, it was like $800 or something for Kaya. And I kept thinking like, gosh, what if you're in a situation where you have your home, you're homeless, you don't have, you know, somewhere, um, you don't have money to even, you know, basically get by with basic needs. And then on top of it, you lose the only thing in your life that you have a connection with that is kind to you that you love more than anything. And you can't even take the, the, the remains you can't, you can't even have, you know, you can't even have that. And a lot of people, me included, the remains for me is a very important piece of the grieving process. Mm. I need them. I, I know that that's not where they are anymore. I know that it's just remains of their body, but I, I look at it as the only physical manifestation that I have any more of them. Mm -hmm. And so to think that somebody doesn't have that option. Mm -hmm. You let me know how I can help with that because that's a wonderful idea. I think um, I get a lot of families, even if we're paying for it, they say, well, I don't want to do the individual cremation because it costs too much. Mm-hmm. And they say, you will never regret no. paying that extra money. No. If you have it, of course, but then there's us. Like if your pet has cancer mm-hmm. and, and they're navigating end of life, services and situations they reach out to us because that's what we're here for it's an offshoot of the financial support program but um the reason it came about is because there was a i believe she was 75 pounds rottweiler (laughs) with osteosarcoma so she had three legs and she lived on the third story of an apartment building with her wonderful mom that was super young I always call her a girl but she's a woman she was four or 24 or something (laughs) so I'm just old but um she had to go to work that day we knew is the end was near my sister and I watched Harley Gray that day um with shifts and uh we were waiting for Crystal the mom to come back and when she did Harley Gray went in Crystal's bed and passed away well, wow. now we have a 75 pound ish Roddy. Right. Third story of a house. We can't move her. Don't know what to do. I called and um, found some resources that would take her and, you know, be kind with her body and get her cremated and get her back. And we didn't have the Harley Gray project at that point. That was Harley Gray. And I paid for it out of my pocket because that wasn't in our mission. Mm-hmm. Well, well, technically it wasn't in our mission. So the board reprimanded me saying, why didn't you pay for it out of Karma Sue money? And we created the Harley Gray Project. And that's what it's for. It's honoring their human and animal connection. Mm-hmm. And that's how we, that's how it all came about. Okay. So it's specifically for end of life services. And again, I just want to emphasize a lot of people feel guilty that they're asking for assistance in any way, mm-hmm. education, counseling, or financial, and they say someone else needs it. And I always let them know that they are someone else, that right. this is for them. This is for you, no matter who you are. 
you are important too and so is your pet and we will treat you like family like that's what we're here for right so I just hope that people hear like that you're also important I appreciate that you think everyone else is but you are too right yeah well, like I said, I think a lot of the people that have companion animals into the capacity where they love them as much as we do, we all have very similar personality traits. And I think that is another one that we very, we, we think that, you know, there's always something worse out there. We don't deserve that, you know, gift. We don't deserve the help because, you know, we're really, it's not really that bad, but I mean, if it's there and you need it, you do deserve it. Yeah. And I think you should use it as a resource. Yeah. Um, and is it, it nothing has changed from before, right? This is Colorado still, right? Like it, you have to be residing in Colorado as far as the financial aspect of it. Um, but correct. all the other resources that you have online in terms of the education mm-hmm. and all that, that's all anybody can use. Anybody can take a Absolutely. peek. Absolutely. Yeah, during COVID, we kind of branched out a little bit. We did it before a little bit, but made our education workshops virtual and in person sometimes. But we have a virtual component so that people can see it that are outside of Colorado or Mm -hmm. even, you know, on the outskirts of Colorado and can't make it or have a sick pet and can't make it. Right. Get a little more inclusive for everyone. And it's really due to grant dollars that we have to keep our financial assistance restricted to Colorado at this point Mm -hmm. one day maybe if we get bigger but we're so small we don't have a whole lot of funding Mm -hmm. um, but we maximize what we do have for each person each person okay that's awesome no I think we have we have definitely have some Colorado listeners and um, even if you can't you know partake in the financial aspect of it I think the website is just a good resource to check out and not even in terms of just can, companion animal cancer. I think um, the toolkit is a great thing to take a peek at in general. Mm-hmm. Even if even if your companion animal is living their best life right now <laughs> and they're mm-hmm. fine, I think it's always a good thing to have in your back pocket to remind yourself. Because even when things are going good for me, I always am thinking about the other, you know, shoe drop. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> I I understand completely but again like life is so busy and there's so much going on having resources is never a bad idea no at all in general and if um, anyone listening is outside of our state and they're looking for resources I really enjoy finding resources kind of nerdy about it I've done it for people in the past and um, I'm happy to help you navigate that in your own area just not really part of our programs or anything just something that I'm willing to do because I'm very passionate about this work and I also at the end of the day all of this is about the human animal connection Mm -hmm. so I'm happy to help with that so that you can focus on you and your pet that's amazing we need more people out there like you oh we really do (laughs) you go oh It's hard in the spring sometimes. It is so hard. I I say the same thing all the time. I'm like, yeah, it's great and everything. Like I want to be helping people and I want to be able to like, you know, really reach as many people as I can, but my head is messy. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. We do a lot with a little bit. That's for sure. It's not my full-time job, but it's my heart job. And so um, I'll do whatever I can to help people, especially navigating cancer but really anything it's just sometimes that the world can be cruel and not everyone understands that connection yep and so it's nice to have someone that simply just gets it yep well one person at a time you know if we can just turn one person at a time to to be a little bit kinder to mm-hmm. somebody that loves their companion animal as much as we do and in the capacity that we do we can turn the world finally you know it's gonna yeah. take time it has taken time but we're better now than we were even 10 years ago I agree with that. It takes a lot of, we won't get there, but it takes a lot of legislation and Mm -hmm. everything. Like definitely advocate for what you believe, whatever that is. I think it's really important and that's how it changes. There's, there's a lot of power in numbers. Yes. um, Unfortunately, but there is, and um, there's a lot of us that really care about, like you said, 
the people that have their pets and don't have the income to uh, afford unforeseen expenses mm -hmm. like that's what we're here for like yeah. that's not your fault <laughs> no no you know? no especially after covid i feel like covid really was the turnaround where I don't want to say people's luck because it's really has nothing to do with luck, but people's, you know, being and way of life have, have really changed. We've yeah. all changed. I think all of us have changed in some way, whether mm -hmm. it's financially or mentally or physically, mm -hmm. you know, we've all changed from COVID. We've all changed from the situation. And I think that there's a lot of us, me included, who are not sitting in the same financial situation that they were previously. So no. It's not just Absolutely you. Not. <laughs> it's not just. And that's okay. All of it is okay. Everything is valid. Yeah. You know, how you're feeling is valid. What you're going through is valid. And again, just give yourself some grace. Yep. Yep. At the end of the day, that's one of the main things I have to remind myself. Mm -hmm. Like every day. <laughs> I'll remind you. <laughs> yeah, please, please do. Because I have a hard time with it a lot. Um. So where can people find you? Um, we are uh, active on Facebook and Instagram if you look up Karma Sue Cancer. And our website, karmasu.org, is the best way to get um, information that you might need about workshops, events that come up, and um, our programs, of course. And if you have any questions, you can always reach out to admin at karmasu.org. And that goes to me. So you'll be lucky to get a response from me. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're super responsive. Thank you. It's uh, been lagging a bit due to some stuff going on right now, but uh, I do have a out of office on there. You'll always be touched. I promise that I will respond and I will be talking to you directly. Yeah, that's so cool. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank I'm going to say the same thing that I said last time in a year from now. It won't be two years. It'll be a year. And a year from now, we want to touch base with you. And we want to see how Karma Sue's doing, things that have changed, if there's anything new you want to talk about, because we enjoy having you on. Your voice is like the most calming. I feel like you have the most calming voice of anybody we've ever interviewed, for, for real, for real. <laughs> I like, like a 12-year-old. You not know, at call all. They're like, is your mom home? I'm like, probably, but she doesn't live here. I don't know. <laughs> no not at all you have a really calming voice like a calming presence oh, so you. I think that it's really cool like to have you on because you you make me calm <laughs> great go take a nap <laughs> no I have meds I have to give my dog <laughs> I understand I understand uh, so thank you so much thanks guys for listening um as usual Find us on Rainbow Bridge Connection Podcast.com, Rainbow Bridge Connection. I, I do this every time. Rainbow Bridge Connection on Facebook and then Rainbow Bridge Connection Podcast on Instagram. Feel free to reach out if you guys need um, to get on hold, a hold of Britain and you didn't catch it. I'm going to post the link to her website on all of our social medias. And thanks for listening. Talk to you later.